This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, wondering what's happening with Right From The Deep? Well, here you go. First, as always, thank you to our patrons on Patreon. You guys make a huge difference for us and we appreciate you. Special thanks to our January sponsor of the month, Stacy McLean. Yay, Stacy! She's, <laughs> she's been working on her first book, a Christian speculative novel she titled Make Known His Path. Yes, thank you, Stacy. And I am excited to be teaching at the West Coast Christian Writers Conference, February 25th through 27th, and it's going to be online. So find us there, get your ticket, and join us. You can find out more information at westcoastchristianwriters.com. There's lots of people going to be there. Erin and I were together not that long ago. She came out to help me with um, Don, my husband's recovery from a total hip replacement. She was an unbelievable blessing. But one of the things we talked about was cultivating a spirit of wonder. And so I want to share with you a wonder that I encountered just recently. It started out like, so not a wonder. Um, It was, we have our two dogs. We had Radar, who was a, a Corgi Boston Terrier mix, and then Kirby, who's our purebred corgi and we lost radar the same week actually that my brother died Mm. Uh, two days later radar was having trouble walking took him to the vet and he had ruptured a disc and there's just no fixing that and so we lost him and i was devastated um but something happened over the next couple of weeks and that's that kirby my wonderful little corgi who i adore suddenly became more cuddly radar had been my cuddle buddy but Kirby wanted to cuddle, and then he got more playful. It's mm-hmm. gotten to the point where he sleeps up on the bed with us, and he cuddles up against me and puts his head on my shoulder at night and sleeps there. And then as soon as I get up and feed him, he comes out, and he's rearing to go with his little tail wagging, which he hasn't been acting like that for a long time, <laughs> um, because he wants to play chase and to play throw the ball for me. So that's a wonder to me, that in the midst of loss, God can bring joy that in the midst of surrendering something, he can supply your needs in ways that you never anticipated. So cultivate wonder, guys. Look for the places where God is seeking to delight you. Right. And now, here's Here's the the show. show. Hey, guys. Welcome with us into the deep. We are going to be sharing some interesting things today about the writing journey. First of which is my husband, Don. Very interesting <laughs> thing. He's a see the hill, take the hill kind of guy. I mean, I'm not kidding. He, when we first drove to Oregon, he had everything mapped out, where we needed to be, how long it would take us to get there. As for me, I'm happy to just kind of amble along, stopping whenever we feel like stopping, taking whatever time we want to take there, and then find a hotel wherever you end up. <laughs> As you can imagine, Don and I have polar opposite feelings about detours. He sees them as obstacles, utterly frustrating obstacles that have to be overcome, even if they can't be. Right. But what I've discovered is that more often than not, for me, the detours are the best part of the journey. If you just relax and trust the one who's in control, you'll eventually get to where you need to be. 
Well, I have to say I'm a bit more like Don. <laughs> well, there's a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I'm directional, I'm goal-oriented, and yet for me, becoming a writer seemed to happen through one giant decade-long, or I think maybe two decades-long, detour. So I have gained a healthy respect for detours. That doesn't mean they don't still frustrate me, because yeah. sometimes they do. And when it comes to our writing and our publishing journeys, lots of us hate it when we smash into detours. We react with frustration, even anger, and it seems reasonable, right? I mean, we've been working so hard to accomplish what we need to, and then bammo, something over which we have zero control, and that's really the thing that gets us, right? Zero control. It blocks us. Now, why would God allow that to happen? That's a very good question, but before we answer it, let's take a deeper look at detours. When I looked to see what Webster's gave as a definition for a detour, Get ready for this. It said, quote, a deviation from a direct course or the usual procedure, unquote, <laughs> or, quote, a roundabout way temporarily replacing part of a route, unquote. A deviation. Hmm. Well, that sounds negative. Right. <laughs> and then I looked up Webster's definition of deviation, and it's a reasonable deduction that this is negative because Webster says a deviation is, one, a departure from an established ideology or party line, or two, a noticeable or marked departure from accepted norms. Ew. Departure from what's established? Departure from accepted norms? Detours are sounding worse all the time. Right. And then there's another definition in Webster's where a detour is a roundabout way replacing part of a route, meaning you're going to go all over the place just to get back where you should have been before the detour showed up. <laughs> Okay. And lots of us react in similar ways when detours stop us in the tracks and it sends us off on some unknown path to only God knows where. We're just like, I can't believe this. This will take forever. I was just starting to make some progress. I will never get there. And just playing arg. <laughs> so yeah, detours are hard and they're frustrating. But we want to suggest something a little different and to do so, we're going to consider several different kinds of detours. We have bad detours, we have power detours, and we have opportunity detours. So let's take the one that we can all agree on. Some detours <laughs> are just bad. Right. I was on one of my first times driving from Illinois out to Oregon with my buddy Julie Schwartzberg, who's a wonderful editor. And on our way to San Francisco, we were going down to California to speak at a writer's conference. Somehow, we ended up on a detour going across a bridge, across the bay. And instead of ending up in San Francisco, we ended up in a bad part of Oakland. We ended up in a really bad part of Oakland, <laughs> just the two of us, at night. So how did I know this was a bad part of Oakland? The houses on both sides were either boarded up or had bars on the window or had graffiti covering them. The stop sign, guys, was riddled with gunshots. Yes, Oops. even back then. I grew up in Oregon. I knew what gunshots looked like. <laughs> and there were these groups of shady guys on the sidewalks. I was scared to death, both for my own safety, but for Julie. She was younger. I'm responsible for her. What did I get us into? So, of course, Julie, trying to be helpful, she reaches up and she turns on the map light. Well, what that does <laughs> is it not just lets us see the map, but it lets people on the outside in the dark see us. And I looked up at that group of shady guys and they started toward us and I heard the crude comments, saw the looks on their faces. 
And you got to understand, Julie was young and beautiful and as blonde as it gets. <laughs> so I shut off the map light and I floored the car. I think I even ran a stoplight oh, watching in my rear view as the guys ran out into the street and yelled after us. Julie asked me if I knew where I was going and I said, away from there. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> That is a bad detour. That was a bad detour. I had one too, and I had just got my driver's license. I'm young. I'm 16. I got my first job at a department store close by home, but I needed to go to training, as it turns out, a half hour away at some other store. And I thought I knew where I was going. I asked very specific directions. I was told to stay on this one particular road, and I stayed on that road. And there was a <laughs> section where that road gets a different name. And to stay on that road, you actually have to turn. Well, that's what I thought. So I turned, and it turned out that it became an interstate. <laughs> so oh, no. Pretty soon, this very young, inexperienced driver is on her way to Chicago on oh. an interstate. <laughs> I have no idea. It's not the department store, right? This is before GPS. Yes, by the way, people, okay, I didn't know how to get off the interstate. It might have been my third time on an interstate, right? And it was dark. So I just, I'm like, I'll take the first exit. I took off the first exit. I ended up on another interstate with signs saying, O'Hare International Airport. <laughs> so also not the department store. I had no, there's no cell phones. It's not like I could just figure out where I was. Finally, I just took the next exit and I got off and finally I found some civilization. I found a gas station and people, this was the old days. I had to get out of the car, go into the gas station, find a pay phone and call the store and get directions. I made it there, but it was late. I walked in, every training had started. There was 30 people staring at me like, can't you follow simple directions? <laughs> and so I'm trying to explain this and it was, it was terrible, okay? So those kinds of detours, those bad detours, those mm. are the things that stop you in your writing journey and they take you all over the map or to Chicago <laughs> and they leave you feeling powerless and lost. I felt helpless and confused and discouraged and frankly scared. And these detours, they never seem to take you back to where you want to be. And then you find that you're unsure of your next step or even if you're supposed to take a next step. You know, uncertainty like that, it's never fun. It can make you start to doubt yourself and doubt that you ever heard from God. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten on this path to begin with. Then you start to doubt your purpose. Why am I even trying to do this? What made me think I could? And now those questions are a whole new detour, taking right. you from trusting God to doubt and fear and all kinds of things you just don't have to go through. Why not? Because there's one thing you can always, always trust about those bad detours, God will use them. Amen. He'll use them to refine you in your walk with him and to develop a spirit of praise no matter what happens to you. Listen to 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, trials, detours, your career not going where you thought. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And then there's Psalm 66, 8 through 12. Let the whole world bless our God and loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands, and he keeps our feet from stumbling. You have tested us, O Lord. You have purified us like silver. You have captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery 
on our backs. Then you put a leader over us. We went through fire and flood, but you brought us to a place of great abundance. Mm. You know, he's also going to use those bad detours to deepen your trust in him and his control over your life and your career to help you believe he will complete his work in you no matter how things look and to remind you that trust in him isn't about what's happening in your life. It's about him being who he says he is. Charles Spurgeon once said, to trust God in the light is nothing, but to trust him in the dark, that is faith. And Mm. listen to Psalm 111, 2 through 8. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does, and even detours, you guys, everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people. All he does is just and good. All he does is just and good, guys, <laughs> even the detours. And all his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true, to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. And then there's this truth from Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation. So, hey, the next time one of those rotten, painful, just plain bad detours slams you to a halt, use it. Purpose to keep your focus on the Lord your God, not on the path you were so sure you needed to follow. Remember, he is God, and he will accomplish his purposes for you and your writing. No detour can ever change that. Yeah, and remember Romans 8. Um, This is 5 through 9, 14 and 18. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. And guys, that's often the path or route we think is right. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. But here's the good news, especially in the face of detours. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Good words. So let's move on now to power detours. Some detours, at least I've discovered in my life, are God demonstrating his power. I uh, was on another trip cross-country with Julie. Yes, we tended to get into trouble when we went (laughs) driving across the country from Illinois to Oregon. And we uh, were on our way there, and we tried to go visit a place while while driving. And it was a place where there was going to be some kind of Native American event, and we wanted to go there. On the way there, though, we had to follow this detour. And, of course, we both groaned and whined, and it led us all the heck over the place. I'm not kidding. I I still have no clue how far we drove on that detour, but it ended up taking us to the middle of nowhere 
in a desert area. I mean, we were at where two roads converged. There were no signs. There was nothing telling us where to go. So finally, we just prayed and made a guess and realized as we turned to follow our guess that we were running out of gas. And there was nothing out there. So we increased our praying <laughs> to do something. And when the car was on fumes, Julie gave a yelp and I looked up and there was a gas station. I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. So we stopped for fuel and the attendant there was very nice and very talkative. And so we asked him how to get to the place we were trying to visit. This poor guy, he looked at us and he frowned and he said, you girls do not want to go there. That's not a good place. It's not safe for you. Julian, I just kind of sat there like, ow. And so the guy took mercy on us, gave us directions back to the freeway, which were so simple. I can't believe that we didn't realize how close the freeway was. And we agreed as we got back on the freeway that that detour and bringing us to that gas station in the middle of nowhere was God's way of keeping us safe. That was a power detour where God stepped in to show us his power. And I believe those kinds of detours teach us to be grateful and remind us that God is there watching over us, even when we don't know we need to be watched over. Julie and I were so stunned at the way God protected us. Shoot, we both said that we wouldn't be surprised if we backtracked and drove back to where that station was, and it wasn't even there, <laughs> that God had given us a heavenly pit stop when we needed it. But whether that's true or not, I know that God protected us. What I want to know is how many people are ever going to get in the car with Karen? <laughs> some of you are like, me, me, and some of you are like, never. How many, I mean, come on, it may have been Julie. It may not have been me. <laughs> so some of you guys know um, that my husband's job went away a few years ago, a couple years ago. And, you know, that's pretty much always going to be some type of roadblock or signal a detour. Uh -huh. And we knew God had another place for us. We trusted that, but we didn't know why it was taking so long for God to tell us where to go. And guys, we waited a year. We waited a year. And Alan was looking for a job this whole time. He's thinking, I'll probably need to switch careers then. So he expands his job hunt to all these different kinds of jobs. And man, here's what happened, though. The job that God had for Alan wasn't actually available when Alan's job first went away. It was available a year later. So we were in stasis for a year because the person whose job Alan got, he didn't leave yet. <laughs> so what was God going to do? He, he sustained us. He showed us that he was going to take care of us, and he did. And we got the answer, is God bringing him to a different career? No, it's the same job. And believe me, he was qualified for other jobs he applied for, but God didn't lead him there. He had us waiting right there until God brought him to the right place at the right time. And it was still teaching. It's just in a different place. And it was really good in hindsight because there were a lot of frustrations at Alan's other job. He was never going to quit that. But this roadblock, this detour, turned out to be amazing, and God showed us. Even though it felt like just a holding pattern, it wasn't. It was God's power over time. It was God's sovereignty. It was God saying, I orchestrate this universe. I'm going to sustain you, and I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to let you know when to go and where. Karen and I were reading earlier, and there was a verse that said, there is no one like God 
to help. That was Second Chronicles 14.11. And I love that because that's mm-hmm. where we need to, when we're in a holding pattern, it's where there's nobody like God to help. Trust that he's there. And then you can go to Psalm 9, 1 and 2, 9 through 10. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble or detour or stasis or wherever you are. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Man, that's a major comfort. It makes me think, too, when you and Alan were trying to buy a house there in the new location, and you saw so many places you thought were the right place, and nothing worked out, and you guys were kind of getting frustrated. and, And then all of a sudden, this house that was everything you had wanted, had all of the features that you had wanted, those other places you thought you'd have to buy, they didn't have everything. But this place is the perfect place for you. So yet again, that detour puts you guys in a holding pattern. But God gave you everything you could possibly have wanted in your home. It's amazing to me how he does that. So let's move on to opportunity detours. And this may not mean exactly what you think. Opportunity detours are when God steps in to take us off of one path and plant us on another one of his choosing for his purposes. Now, sometimes those kinds of detours do lead to a different destination. Sometimes they don't. But always there's a different way than we thought we'd be going because he knows what's best for us. I call these opportunity detours because with each one, we have the opportunity to see these detours as coming from God's hand, which means we explore them with a sense of confidence and anticipation. I was in charge of fiction at Multnomah, and a major detour happened. I loved working at Multnomah. I loved the people. But when this detour hit, it stopped me cold in my career tracks. And Don and I talked about it and prayed about it, and we both knew that God was leading me away from Multnomah. <laughs> I was stunned. And I was frightened. I was, I was making really good money. And how would we survive financially? But God was clear. So I left. Within days, I had freelance editing work for a year. It was like people just called me out of the blue. And then I was called a year later by Zondervan to come head up their fiction line. And I loved working for Zondervan, and then wham, another detour hit. (laughs) This time, though, even though I didn't really want to leave that job, I could accept the detour and go with confidence. Look what he had done with the Multnomah situation. And so I went back to freelance editing. And a year later, another publisher And then a couple of years later, another detour. So I went into agenting, which clearly was the path that God set me on. And then another detour, all of which led me to where I am now, doing the things I always dreamed of doing, but that I was always too afraid of to do it. I mean, my trust, I realized, was in the bank balance, not in God's provision. So I was always worried about what if, what if I get sick, what if I can't work well? All those detours, those moments of God refining and providing and teaching me, it finally enabled me to step out and do what God was actually telling me to do, and that was trust him for everything. And now I leave it all to God, editing, speaking, podcasting, writing, whatever door he opens, I go through, and I see if that's where he wants me. And the beauty is that in the course of trusting him, we've never been without 
We've never missed paying bills. We've never had a financial issue. And the best part of this is I had the freedom then to focus on my dad as he battled stomach cancer that last year of his life. I have no regrets about that last year with him. When I struggled with stomach issues for a year and couldn't work, God provided. When I was hospitalized and almost died from lung disease, God was there. It took me months to recover from these things and be able to work again. But we were fine because, well, because God. Because God. I love it. You know, it's, it's, I love the way God does opportunity detours. Some of you might know that I actually have a master's in music composition. That was part of my detour on the way from be, to becoming a writer, which I didn't know was a detour. And I had written this one-act opera thing here, and I had to do a recital for um, to get my degree. And most often, composers, they either play in their own recital, but I have to confess I hate performing, or they conduct... Um, whatever they've written, they conducted all the people. And I have to say that I wasn't great at conducting. And this <laughs> opera was not going to be easy to conduct because I wanted to be an actual production. I didn't want people just standing there singing. I wanted them to like act on the stage. And to do that, I needed somebody to do the stage direction. And so I asked my professors and the committee, I'm like, can I do the stage direction? So this could be an actual thing. And I'm not going to lie, it did get me out of doing the conducting <laughs> and playing, but I did want to do the, the stage directing. And they said, yes, sure. Sure. But then they said, I had to take a couple classes in directing because let's face it, I don't know what I'm doing. Now, the last thing you want to do when you're trying to finish a music degree is sign up for more classes in another field. But, <laughs> you know, I wanted to. I wanted to see what this would be all about. And guess what? Surprise, God had a plan. I ended up studying directing for an entire year with a guy who was a visiting professor who just happened to be at that school for that one year. And this guy had amazing credentials. His mentor was John Houseman. Some of you might know who that was. I was impressed, and I, I just was able to take these directing classes from him. And guess what? I ended up learning a stunning amount about writing through these directing classes because he was all about goals and motivation and conflict and action beats and you name it. It was amazing. And this detour was an opportunity. It was probably the biggest contributor to why I ended up as a writer. God had that planned all along. So what we're here to tell you today is, yes, detours can be hard. Yes, detours can be stinky and bad, but God will still use them. Yes, detours can be times for God to demonstrate his power. when We didn't even realize we needed those demonstrations, but it's because of his love. And yes, detours are opportunities for us to trust God, to trust that our God, the Lord God, is the God of everything, the God of our career, the God of our families. We don't have to be afraid. You know, for every detour I've faced, I can tell you God has been faithful to his promises to guide and sustain, to provide for me and to refine me. And I can honestly say that when detours hit now, I find myself getting a little <laughs> excited and asking God what he's up to now. So the next time you slam into a detour on your writing journey, or if you're in a detour right now, you know, meet it with determination and confidence because you've just encountered Almighty God and his will for you. 
your journey, your career, your heart, everything. It's all firmly in his hands. Friends, there's no need to be afraid or upset. Instead, focus on God and where he's taking you. I guarantee your final destination will overflow with God's provision and blessings. You know, as it says in Isaiah 48, 17, I am the Lord your God who leads you in the way you should go. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.